Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for being here today. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us as well. I don't know if you caught that, but the next two weekends, we're just having parties, right? I mean, we're going to celebrate women next weekend, and then we're having just a big old party and lots of food uh, the next weekend. So if you're a female, it's awesome. Guys, it'll be great the second weekend, all right? It'll be great for you. But Father's Day is coming, so hang on. In June, we'll, we'll celebrate all of the men. All right, to introduce today's message, I got a, a quiz for you, all right? So I want to see if you know these superheroes, but more than that, if you know what their superpowers are, okay? We'll see who the true geeks are here today. So, all right. Here's the first one. Anyone know? Yeah. So what's his superpowers? It's not everything. Most things. Most things. Like he can fly, right? We know that. Super strength, super speed, invulnerability. That's kind of everything, right? X-ray and heat vision, super hearing. And if you are really geeked out, there's like a list of 20 more, you know, they can go on. Um, But yeah, those are his. How about this next person? Wonder Woman, what can she do? Female version of everything. <laughs> That's right. Female version of everything, right? So she can fly, super strength, super speed, super healing. She has a lasso that can do mind control. That's kind of interesting, right? Enhanced senses. How about this next one? The Flash. What can he do? Super speed. You know, I was reading about him, and one of the things they said was he had super stamina. Because it's kind of true, if you're going to run around the world a couple of times, you got to be, you know, have some stamina there, right? Um, He also can fly if he spins really fast. Uh, He can read really fast. If he vibrates, he can, like, get through walls. He can, like, vibrate through walls. And uh, I think I saw an episode one time where he was able to time travel by going around the planet backwards or something. I don't know. It was weird. So, all right, superpowers. How about this last one? (laughs) I know, that's it. He has no superpowers. None. None at all. (laughs) So I thought it was kind of funny. Throw him up there. He is rich, though. All right. Turn to the person beside you or across the way and tell them what superpower you would have if you could have any superpower. All right. Tell him. What would it be? What would it be? Like, Like I've never been asked that question before. If you're watching online, just write it into the chat. <laughs> yeah, that's some animated conversation. It's really just supposed to be I would fly or, you know, I'd be super strong or something like that. How many of you said you would fly? How many? Because that's kind of like my deal. I'm like, I would love to fly. But then I was, as I was thinking about it, you know, you get above like 100 feet and it starts to get cold right? I mean, it gets really cold, then you get, you know, thousands of feet, and you can't even breathe. So why would anyone want to fly unless you were invulnerable too, right? So anyway, superheroes are incredibly uh, popular in our culture today, right? I mean, you can't hardly see, go to the movie theater without seeing some movie about a superhero somewhere. And I believe, I really do believe that people want to believe 
in a superhero that has superpowers today. I do. I think that's in our culture today. We want to believe in it. Now, none of the superheroes that I put on the screen really exist. I know some of you also believe in MMF, right? And you're like, what? No, this Batman's real. He's real. No, there's, none of them really exist. They're just stories and actors. But there really was a superhero. He lived 2,000 years ago in this little country of Israel. And his name is Jesus, right? Jesus is the one and only true superhero. He said this about himself. He said, for the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, came to seek and to save the lost. Isn't that what a superhero does? Right? Comes to seek and save those that are lost. Jesus came to seek and save those that are lost and headed for destruction. But unlike Batman, Jesus had superpowers. He had superpowers, right? He could heal the sick, restore sight to the blind, help the lame walk. He could even raise people up from the dead. He could confront demonic spirits and make them submit and leave. He could multiply food. He could turn water into wine. He knew the future. He knew what people were thinking. He knew where people had been. He could walk on water, even tell storms to stop. And probably the biggest superpower of all was that if you killed him, you couldn't keep him down, right? He came back from the dead. And after he resurrected, he could appear and disappear. He could, some people believe he could even walk through walls. And when he left this planet, what did he do? He did the Superman pose, right? And he flew straight up into heaven. And even today, maybe he didn't do the Superman pose. <laughs> I've always seen the picture. What is it like this? Anyway. Um, but even today, even today, Jesus is saving souls from eternal condemnation. Jesus is the one true superhero. Now, Jesus' superpowers were bestowed upon him when he received the gift of the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him like a dove. And that's when his public ministry began. That's when he started to demonstrate his superpowers. And I believe that he demonstrated them and worked within the power of the Holy Spirit because he wanted to show us what we could do, what we could do. He said this in John chapter 14, verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, do the same things that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Jesus said that we're going to be able to do the same things that Jesus did. Later on in verse, verses 12 and 16 through 17, he says this, you will be able to do these things because... I am going to the Father, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That's the promised Holy Spirit. It was the gift that God gave us. It was our superpowers, the Holy Spirit. So today, we are continuing our message series titled Empowered. It's a message series about the Holy Spirit. And if you missed any of the messages, you can catch them online. 
But last week, we talked about the spirit of prophecy. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us is enables us to be able to prophesy, to prophesy. So if you missed that message, you can watch it online. But today, we're going to look at some of the other gifts that God has given us. They're called spiritual gifts. Anyone ever heard of spiritual gifts before? Yeah, it's kind of a a Christian term, but it's really just another name for superpowers. (laughs) Really, right? I mean, that's what they are. The Holy Spirit came to enable us, empower us to do the supernatural, and there's really no other way to describe it other than superpowers. So if you want to follow along, you can turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we'll start. We'll also be reading some sections of Scripture from Romans chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4. These are the three main Scriptures in our Bible that refer to spiritual gifts. And, and the, the difficult thing is that Paul, when he was writing to the, these churches in Corinth and Ephesus and Rome, he really just lists them off as if they all understood what they were. He doesn't actually describe them very well. The name kind of gives them away a little bit, and you can look up in the dictionary and try to understand some of these gifts. But he re- the reason he did that was because they were all experiencing these gifts. So he didn't have to actually explain them because they had seen them in their church family. And, and over time, we have seen these gifts uh, active and well in the church today. And so we have a better understanding of what they are. But in these three sections of scripture, we're going to just briefly um, hit several different spiritual gifts. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. <clears throat> There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, that is the activity of the Holy Spirit to do the supernatural, is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. This is somebody who is supernaturally wise. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. This is someone who has the ability to know things that they shouldn't know, only through the Holy Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, someone who has great faith. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. We talked about healing a few weeks ago. But God can equip certain people to pray for healing, and it happens. To another, miraculous powers. An example of Jesus doing this was when he turned water into wine. It was just a miraculous power. To another, prophecy. This is speaking the very words of God to another. To another, distinguishing between spirits. We call this discernment, but this is knowing the difference between good and evil. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. This is praying in a prayer language or or proclaiming in an unknown language, and two, still another, the interpretation of tongues. This is an individual who can actually understand what is being prayed or spoken in tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He, God, distributes them to each one just as He determines. So now turn your Bible to Romans, turn your Bibles to Romans, chapter 12, which is right before... 1 Corinthians, verses 6 through 8. Here he lists some more. This is, again, Paul speaking to the church in Rome. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. 
in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. Serving, someone with the spiritual gift of serving is an incredible server. And they get energized by doing it. If it is teaching, then teach. There are people who are supernaturally gifted to teach. If it is, encourage, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. So this is someone who's really good at encouraging others. If it is giving, then give generously. There are people who are gifted in making money and giving money to God's purposes. They have the gift of giving. If it is to lead, do it diligently. You've probably served under somebody over your lifetime who had the spiritual gift of leadership because they're really, really good at it. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Someone with the gift of mercy or compassion can empathize with someone um, supernaturally and make them feel heard and understood. And then turn to Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. This lists some more titles of individuals, but they come with with spiritual, spiritual gifts. So Christ himself, this is chapter 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, these are individuals who oversee ministries or know how to launch ministries. Paul was, was titled the Apostle Paul. And the reason for that was because he was supernaturally gifted with planting churches and overseeing churches. So you have apostles, then you have prophets, which we've talked about. The evangelists, now evangelists are those that are able to share the gospel in a way that are, is really easy to understand, and they are very fruitful in evangelism. Then you have those that are pastors, they're called to pastor people, and then of course teachers are, are able to teach the word of God. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So those are the three main sections of scripture that list out spiritual gifts. And so what I want to do today is I want to spend some time talking about the reasons why we should know our spiritual gifts and actually use them, okay? Reasons we should know them, reasons that we should use them. The title of today's message is The Spirit of Supernatural Gifts. It's what God gives us. He gives us these gifts. So I'll give you three reasons why we should use them, but first let me pray. Father, I come to you and, and pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us today. I pray that you would remind us <clears throat> of gifts that you've given us or that you would at least stir up within us a desire to know those gifts better, to develop them, to utilize them. And Lord, I pray that you would equip me to be able to speak your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we should all discover and use our spiritual superpowers because you can write this in on your handout. God expects us to use them. There's an expectation that if God gives you a gift, that you should utilize it. You should do something with it. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8 says, if we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy, <laughs> right? If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 
There's an expectation that if God's given this to you, you're going to do something about it, right? Because there's nothing worse than giving someone a gift and they do nothing with it. I was uh, putting this message together this week and, and I was thinking about this sermon. I remembered a time when I was probably like seven or eight years old. It was Easter Sunday. I was over at my grandma Schwartz's house and my cousin Wayne says to me, he says, hey, I brought the supplies. We're going to make a present for Grandma Schwartz. I'm like, all right, this is great. What are we going to do? And so he had this idea. I don't know if he did it in school or what, but to make a paper mache bunny rabbit. All right, I don't know. It was Easter. So we're going to make a paper mache bunny rabbit. And so we had a balloon and we had the strips of newspaper. Newspaper is something that used to show up at our house and we used to read it. I don't know if some of you don't know what that is, but it's a piece of paper, actually lots of pieces of paper. And and we had hundreds of them, and we just threw them away and burned them and did all kinds of things. But we would make paper mache bunnies from that, too. So anyway, so we made this paper mache bunny, and it was supposed to look something like this. This was the plan. It was going to look something like that. But really, I, in my mind's eye, I think I remember it looking more like this, something like that. It didn't look very good. That might actually be too good compared to what we actually created. Um, but we spent all afternoon making this paper mache bunny, and then we presented it to my grandma Schwartz, and she's like, oh, it's so sweet, it's so nice, and, and we went away on our merry way feeling really good about it. Well, later that afternoon, my, my cousin Wayne's got this look on his face, and he's, he's kind of upset, and I'm like, what? What's wrong, Wayne? Come here, come here, you know? He'd mumble like that, and so I'd followed him down into the kitchen, and so he opened up the trash can and Right there was our paper mache bunny, just stuffed into the trash can. She didn't wait till the next day. It was, it must have been that bad. That was bad. <laughs> but I can tell you, we didn't feel very good, right? We didn't feel very good. Well, how do you think God feels? When you become a follower of Christ and, and for your spiritual birthday, he decides to give you the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Spirit. He decides to give you your superpowers. He bestows them upon you and then you do nothing with them. Right? There's an expectation that if he's going to give us these gifts, we should appreciate and hopefully utilize them. In the book of Matthew, Jesus tells a story. It's called the parable of the, ten, the talents, parable of the talents, which talent just meant money. And so in the NIV, it's translated as bags of gold. And so there was a, a master who had these three servants, and he gave one five bags of gold, another two bags, and the third one a bag of gold. And he, he told them to put it to work, put it to use while he was gone. And while he was gone, the first servant took those five bags of gold and he worked them and invested them and found a way to make five more bags of gold. And so when his master came back, he presented to him 10 bags of gold. And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. He appreciated that he did something with it. And then this, the second servant who had two bags of gold, he worked it and did stuff with it. And he, and he doubled it into four bags of gold. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant, and he's on a roll, and he's, and he's feeling good. The, the master is, and he goes to the third servant, and he says, okay, what'd you do with that one bag of gold? And, and the servant says, I took it, and I buried it. Here's your bag of gold, and hands it back to him. What do you think the master said? He didn't say, well done, 
good and faithful servant. He was pretty upset because he had given, he had bestowed on this servant a gift and said, do something with this while I'm gone. And he did nothing. In Matthew chapter 25, he says, verses 28 through 30, he says, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's pretty harsh. But Jesus is stating that there's an expectation that he gives us something. We're supposed to do something about it. Now, the parable is about money, but it's not just about money. I mean, God does expect us to be generous with our money, to be sure. But it's more about our life situations, our relationships, everything that we have, our talents. But I'm speaking specifically today about our spiritual gifts. God has bestowed these spiritual gifts on us to be utilized to further his kingdom. And there's an expectation that we're going to do something about it. There's an expectation that we will. Now, why? Why does he want us to? Because he loves the church, right? That's our second point. We should all discover and use our spiritual superpowers because the church needs us to use them. He loves the church, the bride of Christ, and he wants us to utilize our our spiritual gifts to bless one another. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, basically all these spiritual gifts, right, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We are equipped, God equips us to go to work, to build each other up, to encourage one another. If we... Don't use our spiritual gifts within the church, then we miss out. We miss out. Anyone lose their sense of smell when they had COVID? Uh, just a few of us. I did. I lost it completely. And, uh, and I didn't realize how much I relied on my sense of smell or how much I needed the sense of smell until I didn't have it. Now, there were a, a few advantages. We live in northern Indiana, right? So this time of year when you're driving outside, you roll your windows down and you go by a field that's been recently fertilized, not having your sense of smell is a good thing. Yeah. Also, you know, driving by the Elkhart County dump, it's a nice thing when the wind's coming out of the south and you're on 26. Yeah. So I I would smell nothing. But um, I, I did think, though, I thought during this season when I had lost my sense of smell, I said, I think I could do middle school ministry again, you know? You ever had a group of middle school boys maybe in your basement? You have to quarantine it, you know, air it out for a couple of weeks afterwards. Yeah, so there were a few advantages, but there were some major disadvantages. Like, like I couldn't tell if milk was spoiled anymore, right? You know, you just, I, it's, it's, it says it's expired, but is it still good? I've ruined at least one cup of coffee when I had COVID, Poured in the clumps, right? It was bad. It was bad. Um, I can't, you know, it, I couldn't tell 
If there was a, a sense or a smell of gas, whether it was natural gas or gasoline, I, I couldn't smell it at all. You know, Rose be like, you smell? I'm like, no, I don't smell that. And worst thing of all, when I would walk into the house, my wife was making this wonderful meal. I couldn't smell anything. You know, I couldn't, couldn't smell food being cooked at all. I didn't realize how much I, I utilized or needed my sense of smell until I didn't have it. According to the National Institute of Health, there's also some more issues with losing our sense of smell. We can have feelings of vulnerability. It can affect our mood, have mood changes, depression, and also deterioration in social interactions. Losing, losing one of our senses is a big deal. It really is. All of our senses are necessary for our well-being. We need them all. Smell, sight, taste, touch, hearing. We need them all to be fully alive. So I find it interesting that when Paul talks about spiritual gifts, he refers to the body, right? He refers to the body, and he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just as a body, the one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then in verse 17, he says this. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And then verse 27, now you, us, all of us are the body of Christ. And each one of you, each one of us is a part of it. And every one of us has a role to play. And he has gifted us and equipped us with a spiritual gift or multiple spiritual gifts to play that role. I feel like there's at least one person here, whether you're watching online or in the auditorium today, where this might be the first time you've really started to believe that you have self-worth. Because God has a plan for you, and it is to do his will. And he has given you gifts to do it. And you are a necessary part. Every single one of you is needed in the body of Christ. There are no unnecessary parts. Some of you have felt like you're like just a little toe. <laughs> but you know, we need that little toe. It's necessary to help us run, to help us walk, to help us keep our balance. So it doesn't matter what part you are, we all have a part to play. And every one of us is needed in the body of Christ. Every single one of us is needed. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. A significant way that we encourage one another and build each other up is by using the gifts that God has given us. This past week, we had several 
volunteers, <clears throat> I was going to say men, but they weren't all men, who came in here to help us build this wall back here and clean the stage and set up and tear down and all of that. And they were using gifts that God had given them. Many of them had the gift of serving, and they were more than willing to do it. And so all the work that's been done so far has been done by volunteers, and, and we applaud you for that, and we thank you for it. But that's something God's asked us all to do, is to use the gifts that God has given us. Here's your last fill-in for this point. The church is healthier when we all use our spiritual gifts. None of us wants to lose sight or lose hearing or live life without being able to taste or touch or smell. We as the body of Christ, we don't want to go without either. We need every single one of you to do your part. So the church needs us to use them. That's why we should discover and use our spiritual superpowers. And lastly, because the world is desperate for a demonstration of them. The world is desperate for a demonstration of our spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. They're not just for the church. God has given us spiritual gifts to be utilized outside of these walls as well. And I believe that the world is desperate for the spiritual gifts to be demonstrated around them. 1 Corinthians 14 says this. I read this scripture last week about prophecy. But it says, if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So someone's prophesying over them. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So when someone uses the gift of prophecy to prophesy and speak over an unbeliever, somebody who doesn't even believe in God, all of a sudden they're like, something supernatural happened here. And they begin to wonder and believe in the God who created the universe, the one who equips his saints with these spiritual gifts. But if we don't use them, if we don't use them, then the world is missing out. This past week, I was at a restaurant with a friend, and while we were sitting there, I saw a TV you know, up against the wall, and it was playing this station. I don't know what station it was, but it just kept showing these incredible jumps, like someone was doing a ski jump, like they're skiing and then they jump and they do all these twists and they'd land. Or somebody was using a snowmobile and they'd go and do this or a bicycle or a motorcycle or even a skateboard or just running and they'd jump and spin and fall, you know, and land on their feet and keep on running. And I was watching this and I'm like going, oh, that's, oh, that, that's pretty cool. Oh, but you know what? Nobody else was doing that. They were just ignoring the TV, because in our society today, the cool and, and really neat, adventurous things, special things are no longer special. They've just become noise, right? People look out and they're like, I, yeah, I guess that's, that's okay, that's cool. You know, they're not, they're not awestruck anymore. They identify with Solomon, King Solomon, when he said, in Ecclesiastes 1.9, what has been will be again. 
What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. I believe that's the way a lot of people feel today. They're just like, ah, sure, that's cool. I um, heard a psychologist say this past week that one of the reasons for depression and anxiety is that people, um, they're not awestruck anymore. You know, they don't live in awe. There's nothing awesome around them. See, that's where God comes into play because only God is truly awesome, right? And when we use our spiritual gifts, we are doing something supernatural that is awe-inspiring. And the world takes notice. The world takes notice. I mean, if you use a gift, a spiritual gift of serving, and serve someone right when they need it, exactly how they need it, without complaining, and do it expertly, they notice it. They're like, wow, that was really cool. Or if you walk up to someone and they're having a hard day and you have the spiritual gift of compassion and you can empathize with them without them ever even saying a word. I know people with the spiritual gift of compassion and they feel what other people feel. I mean, they actually feel it, what other people are feeling without them ever saying a word. And so then they're able to say, I understand, I'm so sorry. And they're able to empathize with them that person will be like, oh, wow, they really, they really got me. I feel better now. Or we talked about the, the gift of healing. We prayed for healing for someone during first service. That was actually in church here, but it happens outside the church as well. And, and they were healed. And they were like, wow, God saw me. God heard me. Something supernatural happened. And they can't help but go, um, what's going on? See, the world needs us to demonstrate the Holy Spirit to them using the gifts that God has given us so that they can be awestruck in an almighty God who deserves their allegiance, who deserves their praise who one day, I mean, we sang the song today, every knee will bow. But many people in the world don't even know. They just don't even know anymore what is awesome. Well, God is awesome. And when we use and demonstrate our spiritual gifts, we are showing the power of God to a world that needs it. Some of you are like, man, I just, I'm not given, I'm not gift, gifted in the, the spiritual gift of evangelism. Well, that's okay. Just use the gift that God has given you and you will show them who God is. That's our last fill. And a great way to evangelize is to use our spiritual gifts. Just use what God has given you and you will be leading them to Christ. World needs... Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.